Thank you for listening to the podcast of Palmetto Baptist Church. We pray that as you listen to the following message, that it will encourage you to continue to connect, grow, and serve in your relationship with God and with others. Do you remember when you were baptized? If you were baptized, if you've already been baptized, do you remember that time? Let me do a little poll here. How many of you were baptized in a river? Just raise your hand. Anybody? All right. Two. Two people I see. How many of you were baptized in either a pond or a lake? Raise your hand. Way high. All right. Oh, a few more. One, two, three, four, five, six. How many of you were baptized in a baptistry in a church building? Raise your hand. Oh, big majority of folks. All right, among those who've been here at this church for a long time, how many of you were baptized where the piano now sits? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there used to be a baptistry right there. Sure did. How many of you were baptized up here behind the stained glass? Raise your hand. Wow. Wow. I was talking about this last Wednesday night in prayer meeting, and Roger Smith mentioned that he was baptized in a river with four or five of his friends up in North Carolina. And one of his friends had only one leg. And normally he wore an artificial leg, and he was so good at walking with it that that even a lot of his close friends didn't even realize that he had an artificial leg, and therefore only only one uh, uh, biological leg. Well, this friend was being baptized, and when he went down into the water, he, he before he went down in the water, he took off his artificial leg. So went down in the water and and, uh, but one of the guys who was to be baptized wasn't there on time. And so the rest of them were baptized in the river. And as they were coming out, this friend, this final friend who was supposed to be there to be baptized, he shows up a little late, ready to be baptized. And he sees one of his friends there with only one leg. And he didn't know his friend only had one leg. And the friend is coming out of the river from being baptized. You know what happened? The guy refused to go into the river because he he was afraid that being baptized in the river would cost him a leg. It took some time, Roger said, for them to finally convince him to go down into the river. Listen, uh, baptism, (laughs) in a way, is costly. It won't cost you a leg, hopefully, but a relationship with Christ certainly is costly. There was a little boy who was asked one Sunday in Sunday school to explain baptism, and here's what he said. I really like this. He said, he said, baptism, it's when the preacher holds you underwater and you think about Jesus. Yeah. Well, Matthew chapter 3 takes us to the subject of baptism, and yep, that little boy's right. It, it, it draws our attention to think on Jesus, because it's the baptism of Jesus by his cousin, John the Baptizer. uh, Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 through 17. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and you come to me? And Jesus replied, let it be so now, for it is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Well, then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, 
whom I love, with him I am well pleased. John baptizes Jesus in the Jordan River. Has anybody here ever been baptized in the Jordan River? Raise your hand. Anybody? The Jordan River has been drying up for some time. Did you know that? The Jordan River has been drying up. In fact, back in the 1930s, there was approximately 1.3 billion, with a B, cubic meters of water ran through the Jordan River every year. 1.3 billion cubic meters of water. Today, there's somewhere between 20 and 30 million, with an M, cubic meters of water flowing down the Jordan River. Quite a decrease, in fact, over a 90% decrease in the amount of water that flows through the Jordan River. It's drying up. Main reason for that is that Jordan on the eastern side of the Jordan River and Israel on the uh, western side of the Jordan River are drawing from drawing water from that river to the point that it has diminished the flow of water. And what water is in there is so full of sewage and garbage that it's literally dangerous to be baptized in the Jordan River these days. You can be baptized, but only in certain places where the government has, uh, has detoured some of the water into a swimming hole of sorts, and they have purified the water with chemicals. Only there can you safely be baptized in the Jordan River. Isn't that something? And yet it was the place where Jesus came to be baptized by this cousin of his, this rough-hewn, wild-haired, leather-girded, grasshopper-breathed man named John the Baptizer. And Jesus comes to be baptized by him. And that poses a real problem when you really get down to it because uh, John the baptizer tells us at the beginning of Matthew chapter 3 that the reason for his baptism is to prepare people for the coming Messiah by repenting of their sins. In other words, baptism, especially John's baptism, had something to do with repentance from sins. And here Jesus is, and let me tell you something, I don't know everything that Jesus did between that that day he was born in a manger in Bethlehem up to the point where he waddled into the Jordan River at somewhere around age 30 or thereabout. But I doubt seriously that one of the things he was doing was sinning. In fact, it's Christian belief, our belief, it's certainly my belief, that from the time Jesus was born to the time that he died, he never committed a sin. So what in the world is he coming to John to be baptized for? How could it benefit him? What was the message here? What was it all about? He didn't need to be baptized. He didn't need his sins to be washed away. And yet it appears that even John the baptizer recognized this dilemma. Because when he saw Jesus coming at a distance, he says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And he was focusing people's attention on Jesus. But as Jesus drew closer, John realized that he's coming into the water. And as he comes into the water, he says, John, I want you to baptize me. 
And John says, whoa, 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 whoa. This is departing from the script here. You see, the script is supposed to be you come into the water and you baptize me, not not me baptize you. This is not the way it should work. I ought to be baptized with you, not the other way around. And Jesus said, no, this is what we need to do. This is what we need to do. So even John the baptizer recognized the problem with baptizing Jesus for the repentance or the remission of sins. I can't read Matthew chapter 3 verses 13 through 17 without uh, thinking about what baptism means. And I want you to get this. I want you to get this. uh, And if you're taking notes on the back of your bulletin, you can put this in there. The baptism of Jesus provides us with an opportunity. It provides us with an opportunity to remember, to examine, and to determine the meaning of our own baptism. When you were baptized, what did it mean to you? Not just where was it, a baptistry or a pond or a creek or a swimming hole or a river, and not just who was there, old John Settles singing was it the, on the shore whenever I was baptized on the second Sunday in 1968 near Shake Rag, Georgia? But what does it mean to us? My dad baptized me in a pond about two miles down a dirt road from Shady Grove Baptist Church. We'd finished our week-long annual summer revival that was always the third week in July, started on Sunday night, and ended the following Sunday morning with services at 11 o'clock and 7.45 p.m. every single day. And because I was the preacher's son, I got to go with the preachers to eat lunch and dinner every single day. I think we need to have more of those. 28 people were saved that week. I was saved on the first service on Sunday night, and uh, 28 people were saved. 23 of those 28 went single file, hand in hand, my dad leading us down into a pond two miles down a dirt road from the church on the second Sunday morning in August 1968. There were about 80 people on the shore, just a little shore that went down to the edge of the lake. And they were singing, shall we gather at the river? And when they finished that song, they sang, on Jordan's stormy banks I stand. The scripture reading from Matthew chapter 3 would always be read. And then one by one, dad would take us, raise his right hand, say a few words that he had memorized, as many preachers would, and take us one by one under the water and bring us back up. Some people would say it was dangerous to go down in that pond. You don't know what's in there. We didn't, and we didn't care. In fact, some of us boys kind of wanted to swim around after we got through with the baptism, but we had to get back to the church. What does baptism mean to you? Let me share with you some things that I believe baptism does mean or should mean to each of us. First of all, baptism is a symbol of, of salvation from our sins. Now, don't misunderstand me. I don't believe that when you're baptized in this baptistry up here, that at that point your sins are washed away. I think that's already happened before you get in that water. We Baptists believe in believer's baptism by immersion. That is, that once you receive Christ, it's a conscious, understandable decision. After that, then we are baptized in water. Immersed, because we believe that immersion is the the best symbol, the best picture for the life and the death 
burial and resurrection of the Lord Jesus and our identification with the Lord Jesus. We go into the water sinful and we come up new creations. I mentioned uh, Wednesday night, uh, the late Louis Grizzard, in one of his books, he mentioned that he he and some friends of his were, were rummaging through some woods near where he lived and they came across an old baptismal pool. It was abandoned. You could tell that it hadn't been used in probably decades, but the wall of the baptistry was still in the woods, and there were some little trees growing from the inside on the dirt that had accumulated there. It was, had been so long since it had been used. But they went down into the baptistry, and there were beer cans there. There were cigarette butts. There was old trash, old napkins, paper plates, all kinds of stuff. Some of it was unidentifiable other than the fact that it was trash. And Louis Grizzard says in his book, he says, he says, right then I realized this is exactly what baptism is. He says, we come into the pool with all of our sins and all of our garbage and all of our baggage. And he says, we leave it in the pool and we come out a new creation. He said, the pool ought to be full of trash. You see, baptism is a symbol of salvation from our sins. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, the Apostle Paul says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Baptism is a symbol of salvation from our sins. Second, baptism is a symbol of God's affirmation. Matthew says in verse 16, beginning of verse 16, As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water, and at that moment the heaven was open. He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. This is my Son whom I love. It was a quote from Isaiah chapter 42 verse 1. It was a quote that God used when his son was coming up out of the baptismal waters because God was proud of his son and God wanted to publicly and visibly affirm that boy of his. But it wasn't the last time God would affirm someone in baptism. In fact, although you may not have known it at the time, I certainly didn't realize it at the time, but when you were baptized in water and you were brought up by the minister up out of those those waters of baptism, God was proud of you and God affirmed you. You see, when you join God's team... When you allow Him to adopt you into His family, He is proud of you. And and baptism is a symbol of the fact that God has affirmed you. Which is really amazing considering the fact that Jesus was the only person God ever affirmed after baptism who literally deserved it. You and I far from deserve it. And yet, God in His grace and in His mercy affirms us. So symbol, uh, baptism is a symbol of God's affirmation. And then third, baptism is a symbol of joining a new community. Not every Christian tradition does this, but Baptists, for the most part, do it. When we uh, join the church, we are baptized in water, and that baptism in water not only reflects back upon the life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus and our cleansing, His cleansing of our sins, but it also reflects the fact that we are joining the church. 
Baptism, for, for those of us in our tradition, Baptist tradition, is the initiation. It is how we start the process of being a member of the local church. Now, some might say that that's, uh, you have to stretch it for that to be scriptural, and, and there are arguments for and against that, but let me tell you, I like it. Because I believe the church is important to God. I don't believe that God wants us just to be baptized and just leave it at that and there not be any sort of connection to a local body of believers. Baptism, the Christian life, being saved by Christ ought to immediately be followed up by joining ourselves to a local community. There are a lot of Bible passages in Scripture where people are baptized. Not all of them, but some of them where people are baptized and that baptism initiates them into the membership of a local body of believers. Baptism is a symbol of joining a new community. In the movie, The Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, there is a scene where Galadriel, the elf queen, draws water from her fountain in a silver pitcher and pours it into a basin, encouraging Frodo and Sam Gamgee to look into it. And she says something like this. She says, quote, The water will show you what has been, what is, and some of what might be. That's an apt picture of baptism. It reminds us of what we were. It reminds us of where we are. And it reflects back to us where God wants us to be. You remember your baptism. Where it was, who was there, what it was like. You see, the little boy's right. Baptism is when the preacher takes you underwater and you think about Jesus. Not because you think you're about to die. Although I will admit that before baptizing a lot of folks, especially folks who I know are jokesters, I tell them that I don't hold anybody under more than 10 minutes. What about your baptism? What did it mean to you? I wanted a fountain here today because I wanted us to think concretely about our baptism. During this invitation today, can I ask you to think about your baptism? And would you think about it enough that if you're able, you'd come down Now, we realize this fountain's not big enough to baptize anybody in a Baptist way. But would you think enough about your baptism to walk down here and just run your hands through the fountain as a way of thinking about when you were baptized? Just run your hands through the fountain. And with your fingers still wet, just stop here at this altar and pause for a moment. And think about what your baptism meant to you. I hope that old pond is still there. Because it was a place where my dad put me under. It was one of the best days of my life. Will you remember it that much to come down and run your hands under the water? Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, 
We're grateful to you, Lord, for your salvation. And we know, Lord, that your salvation, everything that needed to be done to achieve it, you did on the cross and through the resurrection. We just need to receive it. And when we receive you into our lives, what you've done for us, you save us. You give us eternal life. And then water baptism is just a symbol of what you've already done. But how important that symbol is. So, Father, I thank you for that Sunday morning when 23 of us went down single file, hand in hand, feeling our way with our feet through the bottom of that pond, hearing the songs of Jordan. Those special days. I want to remember it till my dying day. Maybe we all do that today. In Jesus' name, amen.